We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of someone calling into Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, this is Flo, long-time caller, first time on air. I just wanted to say that I think it is absolute hogwash not to go out there and try Progressive's Name Your Price tool. You can see all your coverage options, and options are how you get rings, championship rings, and parades of rings. Finding options to fit your budget with the Name Your Price tool, only at Progressive.com. You know, not for nothing, but my favorite rings have candy on them. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, price and coverage match limited by state law. Our pictures are going up on the wall. <laughs> That's so great that, like, I'm just picturing you, like, walking into your, the office in Memphis with, like, a, a bucket of wings for breakfast. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like hey, guys, what's up? This is the Roto-Wire Fantasy Soccer Podcast with your host, Andrew Laird, Mike Gottlieb. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Roto-Wire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. It is a... Really, really warm night, and I am in Memphis, Tennessee. It's a Tuesday evening, and we're going into week 36. We're doing the podcast a little early this week because we did it a little late last week, so why not make up for it? That's how it works, right, Andrew? That's exactly how it works. All right, and that's my usual host, uh, co-host, uh, Andrew Laird, with me as well, at Rotowire Andrew on the Twitter. I am at Sports by Gotti. Together, we are the hashtag RWFPL, so tweet all of, any of all of your questions using that hashtag. You can tag us if you like. You don't have to. We, we, we search the hashtag. We know what you're going to say anyway. Uh, we will get back to you as soon as we possibly can whenever we see anything up on the Twitter. But uh, let's go right into the action. We start on Saturday at 7.45 in the morning. Sorry about the delay because I'm in a different time zone. It said 6.45 in the morning. I had no clue what that meant because I had never (laughs) even seen that time before. But it's 7.45 in the morning, Eastern time, 6.45 Central, where I currently am. It is Everton at home against Sunderland. So the Northeast, if you are a team in the Northeast of England right now, you are nervous about relegation. 
And if you are Everton, you are just trying to do as best as you possibly can to finish the season for a decent showing just in the season. With that in mind, with those two narratives, can Sunderland get a point here? I don't, I would, I don't think anyone in their right mind would say, oh, Sunderland are going to get three points here. But can they get one point here? And if so, how are they going to do it? I think the problem is that they have to score to do it, and I'm not sure they're good enough to do that. Everton dropped three points to Aston Villa last week. They also gave up three goals. And gave up three goals. Nobody on Sunderland is as good as Christian Benteke is playing right now. I had a conversation with the guys at 120 Sports about him, how basically Tim Sherwood has said it's going to take a massive fee to get Benteke to leave Aston Villa. And I was kind of saying that what we're seeing now is exactly the Benteke that we saw before he ruptured his Achilles. And it was completely understandable that it took him so long to get back. Um, I guess we can talk about him in a little bit. But I'm just not sure Sunderland has anyone good enough to to score with Everton. Not that Everton is this you know great offensive club. I, I actually don't think their, their attack is that good anyway. Mostly because they don't seem to play their best offensive players. Like Barkley, Ross Barkley and Kevin Morales are so in and out of the lineup that you know, you can throw all your eggs in the Romelu Lukaku basket, but it's only gotten them to 11th in the table with a even goal differential. So, you know, I think there will be goals in here. I just, I don't think Sunderland has enough to, to grab all three points. Speaking of Lukaku, uh, Chris ranked them very highly. He ranked them fourth. Yeah. So he bought in. Neither you nor I did. Yeah, I, I ranked him 12th, and I thought I was going to be the lowest, and you have him at 14 out of 15. So, yeah, it's... Uh, Clearly, we're not huge believers. But. Yeah, it's the lack of consistent support, and he needs consistent support play. He can't make a goal on his own very often. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree. And Sunderland, say what you will, but when they want to get organized, they get organized. And Pantilemon's not terrible as a goalkeeper. No. Uh, but, I mean, Sunderland, you're right. There's not a lot of quality there. There really isn't. Yeah, but- you're you would have be very hard pressed to make a case. I understand the case being made for Barkley and Morales if you knew they were starting, but we just we don't know. I guess we get the benefit of the early, you know, they're the early game this week for the season long ones that lock in that first game. But even then, I'm not sure they're they're worth starting with with some of the other matchups. Yeah, just like the rest of Sunderland's tenure in the Premier League, I'm just not sure. Yeah, I'm not. Sh- I, I'm just not sure about it. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, Lukaku's. I'm looking now. He has two goals in Premier League play since February, since like the start of February, and I mean that's a long time to only have two goals from effectively your best goal scorer. It's about six game weeks. So. Yeah. Well, it's, it's uh, not, two, yeah, three, it's a, four, five, six, seven. It's more than that. Eight, nine, ten game weeks. He's I gone. Stand corrected. Yeah. Ten. Two Ooh. goals in ten game weeks. That's yeah. That's eek. That's that's not good. Yeah, that is definitely not good. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Lukaku. I mean, the, Lukaku has the ability to get zero goals, or he has the ability to get three goals. It really just depends on how open they leave him. And Sunderland, I feel, in order for them to stay up in any matchup, especially one against you know a team that has more talent than they do, which is almost everybody. They're going to have to be defensive, and especially when they're on the road. They're not going to go after Everton. They're not going to leave them with counterattacking you know, capabilities here. Everton are going to have to pick their way through Sunderland, and I don't think that they have the ability to do that consistently that will make Lukaku open. Now, the midfield runners, they may have opportunities. So like a guy like Ross Barkley, a guy like Ross Barkley if he starts, Morales if he starts, I love him. Even Aaron, uh, Aaron Lennon, not as much as the other two because he's a counterattacking threat. He's not really a pick you apart kind of threat with short passing. So, with that in mind, I don't. That's why I ranked them so low. Uh, that's why I ranked Lukaku so low. I just don't like the prospect in this matchup given the circumstances. Do you know how many multi multi goal games he has in Premier League play this year? Let me guess zero. Oh no, one. It is zero. Oh, must have been a cup game where he had two. He had a hat trick against Young Boys in the Europa League and followed that up with a brace in the second in the leg. Cup? Nope. Oh. That's it. Those are his only two multi-goal games this season. 
Uh, and there's no team better named than Young Boys <laughs> yeah. in the entire world. Yeah. There He's, might be equal, but known better. Yeah, so he, he has Lukaku has nine goals this year. And nine goals and four assists. He had fifteen and six last year. Yeah. And I'm just not sure what is so different other than I'm guessing this inconsistency in the midfield that I'll tell you why it's very simple. They don't get the ball out wide anymore. The the, the biggest, the biggest change in the numbers is the amount of crosses they had last year. I don't have it in front of me, but the, the the amount of time attempts, time spent attacking from the wings, like from Leighton Baines, for example, and from Seamus Coleman last year, Look at that! Look at their two years as well. If you contrast the uh, Seamus Coleman of even two years ago and last year compared to this year, it's just steadily down. It's just uh, the, the the new scheme that Roberto Martinez has come uh, has brought in is really limiting their amount of play out wide, and they're just set the focus on the central part of the pitch, trying to pass their way through the central part. And the Premier League has responded by saying, "We're going to pack it in. Yeah. We're going to." We're going to make you put it out wide, and if you don't go out wide, you're going to have a tough time because they don't have the quality to do the short passing. Right. And I don't think they ever will achieve, uh, uh, ever will attain it because Everton are just not a big enough club to get all those players that can do that. Yeah, there was the we, uh, I think it was with yeah, it was in the clean sheets with Nick Pittner that we were kind of discussing whether Everton overpaid for Lukaku uh, because. It seems like too early to tell. They bought him also because he's young. I agree. Well, yeah, a lot of it is that he's young. He was also fairly proven in terms of Premier League production. But through one season, you have to imagine that Chelsea feel like they fleece them. They got twenty-eight million for Lukaku, and they paid thirty-two for Diego Costa. Again, I know that Lukaku's got a few years left. You know, a few years uh, more because younger. But I'm just not sure. The argument was they had to kind of overpay for him because they weren't going to get a player of his quality anyway on the open market. And so they had kind of the inside track because of the loan. And I'm not sure Everton is a club that can get somebody like Romelu Lukaku else, you know, other ways, if that makes sense. I understand what you're saying. They, They can't get a team full of Lukaku talent. Right, right. So... Yeah, I understand. And Lukaku needs more support, a better supporting cast. Now they can probably find inexpensive players in the summer that can help with the crossing. Let's say if Matt Phillips gets relegated, yeah. Just as an example. But anyway, we could talk much more about that in the off season with Everton. We spent way too yeah, much wow. on this game that means nothing. Now another game that means nothing in the grand scheme of things, maybe a little for Tottenham, is Tottenham visiting Stoke City. Uh, I see many goals for Harry Kane. That's really all I see. <laughs> Not Christian Harrison. No, I don't. I think this is just Harry Kane being Harry Kane. Like he'll score from two inches away. Maybe he'll. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It, it, it's. I mean, Stoke have Stoke have famously packed it in. Now, I mean, they know they're safe, and they, I. I don't know if they'll go after Tottenham much. I mean, I think they will because they're at home and they can just play some expansive football. You got to like Charlie Austin for. Oh, it's not not Charlie Austin. Charlie Adam for some crossing here on the Stoke side. But other than that, I think it's just Tottenham in a romp because they just have a better team. Yeah, I could see that. I just feel like they're not that, – that Kane specifically is not really playing as well as he should. And, I don't think he needs to. Well, that he, well I, I suppose that's true. He, I'm looking – ever since that hat trick against Leicester in that game that they stole, that he missed a penalty and then followed it up. He has one goal in his last five games. But – Hey, you can win championships following up. Oh, yeah, sure. Yes. Well played. Um, yeah. But what I, you know, he's still taking a lot of shots. I'm looking now, I think it's uh, something like 15 or 16. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah, he's been very active. And by the way, did you watch the Tottenham City game last week by any chance? I did. Yeah, so you remember the beginning of the game, right before Aguero scored, Tottenham were owning that game. Yeah, they I mean, were. They were attacking, 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 and they were getting open chance behind the defense, you know, one after the other after the other, and that was mostly Harry Kane's movement. So he's he's still doing what he does. He moves very well. He gets into good positions. He just, you know, the, the, the offsides was not falling his way. He was onside a couple of times yeah. and they missed it. But it's just, you know, sometimes you just don't catch the breaks. And I feel like if he just keeps doing what he's been doing, he does what he did against Man City against Stoke, he's going to score. Yep, that's fair. That's fair. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, and on that same token, I think if Stoke City, specifically Charlie Adam, play as well as he's been playing, they'll get a goal too. Yeah, that that's the other thing. I'm not sure. You know, I think there are definitely goals on both sides, and it's more to do with Tottenham's lack of being able to keep teams out than Stoke's. You know, excellent. Uh, Likelihood of well, one nonsense question. Likelihood of Hugo Lloris playing for Tottenham next year? Ten percent. I think he's definitely gone. I think so as well. I don't think they're going to have to recognize that. Well, that's why they bought Michelle Vaughn. Right. I I was going to say that they they can spend that money elsewhere, but they've hardly proven that they are capable of. Well, they can. No, they've proven that they can do it. They just can't haven't proven that they can do it successfully. Well, yes. Yeah, I think there's there's no reason to keep him around, particularly if David de Gea heads to Real Madrid and Man United are looking for a keeper. That's an easy oversell. Or if he, if, he, if he wants to go to PSG, I'm sure PSG would love to have him. Yep. Yeah, I think yeah. there's... There... But the, the player that will set the market, we'll talk about him probably in the summer a lot, is Peter Cech. Or, I mean, or, or De Gea. I think Martin. De Gea sets the market. Yeah. He sets the market, but I think... De, yeah, 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 that's bad. That's a, I, I, I think De the Gea problem is... with De Gea is that... I mean, um, excuse me, with Cech is that he's staying in old. England. And he's old. Yeah, I don't even care that he's old. These guys can play till they're 100. You know these goalies, especially with just, helmets. Just ask Brad Friedel. Yeah, exactly. So, I I, well, I thought it was Casey Keller for the longest time. <laughs> the The problem with with Czech as a market setter is that he'll set the Premier League market, but that's not where the. I mean, yes, there's huge money there, but that's where he goes for whatever fee in England is not will not have any effect on De Gea's fee to PSG or Real Madrid or wherever he goes. Yeah. Yeah, and all those teams, by the way, in one or two players, outspend the following two teams I'm about to talk about. Leicester City at home against Southampton. There is no team hotter than Leicester City. Yeah. And there's no team more underwhelming right now than Southampton. They just continue to flounder. No team? No, no, you're not no team, but it's just... Southampton lost to Sunderland last week. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. It's... uh... They gave up multiple goals multiple. to Sunderland, a team that has no goal scorers. Yeah, yeah, that it's, one was ugly for, yeah, for Southampton was, purposes. Yeah, I, I, once they realized that Europe was not really, I mean, um, not Europe, but um, Premier, uh, not the Premier League, the Champions yeah. League was no longer really in reach. They just kind of started to drift. Yeah, it's what's they're they're waiting for next year's rivalry derbies with Burnmouth. Right, yeah, the South. The two. Think about it. Two, the only two South Coast teams. That that'll be, that'll be. Those will be two great games, I think. But anyway, but I mean, as far as this matchup on Saturday is concerned, these are now the ten in the morning slate. By the way, um, I think Leicester's going to take it to them. So, I, I kind of I agree with you. I, I don't think that they're. I think this is going to be much closer than we think. Like I don't think there's going to be you know like a three two or. I think we're going to be in the 2 nothing. Well, maybe not. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I still have confidence in Southampton's defense that they're not going to get blown out by Leicester at home. I'm, think, I'm thinking 2-1. Or excuse me, I guess it's at Leicester. Oh, no, it's, 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 it's at, yep. the K, at the KC, or the KP? Yeah, the KP. Power, yeah, yeah I think 2-1 two, uh, two sounds reasonable. Um, what, I'm, what I'm looking at now, and it may be something that we can discuss in uh, – no, they'll be at the end, but Swansea are only four back of Southampton. Who cares? And, well, oh, for the Europa spot. Because Europa would be go seven deep if Arsenal wins the FA Cup. So I wonder if Swansea, you know, we kind of say like, well, Southampton's giving up, but I wonder if they can give up or if they want to give up so they don't play Europe. You know, like, I don't know where which way they want to go. I think Ronald Koeman kind of said that, for experience purposes, of course they want to make Europa because it, it helps them prepare for, you know, midweek European travel, which gets easier when you go to the Champions League. But Swansea aren't quite as far back as it seems. Um, the goal differential is obviously very significant for Southampton, but... Call it four and a half points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we'll see. They're only five back of uh, Spurs, Swansea, that is. So that that's a little tighter than... Than I think we all expect it to be. I think Swansea, Swansea's definitely I, better I than I thought. They I were. think they'll finish in the exact order they are now. Yeah, that's. I mean, they could. I agree. Uh, 
if they, they could. Yes, I know they could. I think they will. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Lester, though, how many of the options do you like? I think All Brighton is now a a must play, particularly. Um, All Brighton more than Vardy. Uh, I I think you'd play both. I mean, they're playing different positions, so I would definitely play both of them. Like I would have. They're unfortunately they're probably the only two I would play. I disagree. I would I would start West Morgan with some confidence. Wow. He has a goal and an assist in his last two and three clean sheets of the, in the last four, I believe. Yeah. I mean, you're not really playing him for a goal, are you? <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah. It, 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 it also depends on two factors. One, if Jeffrey Schlupp is categorized as a defender, and two, if he starts. If Schlupp starts. Well, If Schlupp but, starts, then I take him all day as a defender. But... but. Do you really think they shut out Southampton? Like, that's the only reason to play Schlupp. Uh, Schlupp, Schlupp, by the way, is active offensively when he's yeah, playing but, forward. He, yeah. it, 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 he can get an assist, and he can definitely get some crosses. Eh. He, eh. Anyway, I think you'll find the bigger value in Albrighton than you will Vardy because he sends in so many more crosses that he yeah. kind of has a nice oh, yeah. floor. Yeah, and I'd also I'd also start Casper Schmeichel too. Yes, yeah, I, I'm a little more. He'll get saves. Yeah, too. Um, yeah, you know, we I agreed that that Southampton would score one, but they're they're capable of scoring more, and that's that's why I would be hesitant to start Schmeichel, especially with some of the other options available. What's your final score prediction for this? I think it's going to be one one. It's an interesting matchup. Yeah, it is at this point in the season. So it's I really think of the of the ten o'clock games, I think this is the most interesting one to watch. Yeah, I think there'll be the most happening in it. Yeah, unlike the next matchup, where if there's a goal, I'll be happy. Hull City at home against Burnley. I, I think this one will be better than the next one we talk about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> but Hull City at home, Burnley. You gotta like Steve Harper, who played phenomenally well. Uh, was it last two last two weeks ago? Yeah, with the night with the the what is nine it the, saves, the, nine saves, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Not that Hull City would be much different if Harper had been starting this whole time, but it always looks a little weird when when you make the change and they look so much better. But where do you like? Where do you expect goals to come from? Dame and Joy, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. Chris ranked enjoy and Yelovich. No. And disagree. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take just enjoy and that's it. So I'll I'll bring this up because I was um complaining about it on Twitter. So during the I had uh, enjoy in a Sunday Monday DraftKings contest and there was a point during the game where he was sprinting down the left-hand side of the field and with the ball and it, it was unclear what he was trying to do with the ball, but he basically was running down the left side of the field and flicked it on the outside of his right foot. Uh, he was probably two or three yards outside of the box, and it ro- basically rolled right to David Ospina. And he caught it and um, did whatever he did with it. It doesn't even matter. But the commentators were essentially speculating that Enjoy was trying to cross the ball to, I think it was Sone Luco who was running towards the middle of the box, but it was... Well, I would take over Yelovich, by the way. Yeah, I would too. Um, so it was unclear, like, what he was trying to do. And DraftKings, which is really stats, which I then learned is really the BBC or the official Premier League stats, didn't give him credit for anything on that that play. And I... I was basically arguing, trying to argue that it was a shot on goal because I started enjoy and you get some extra points for that. But he got nothing like on to, it. I would like to use the hockey definition of a shot on goal. Oh. If the goalie wasn't there, would it have gone in? Yes, absolutely. That's hmm. the problem. You may have a point. That's the problem. I think that's how they determine it as well. You, you would think. I, I actually took a video of my t- television to complained to DraftKings about it, and they basically passed the buck to their stats provider, which is what they should do. But I'm, I'm, I don't know why. It, I mean, 
granted, this was a terrible attempt. This was, I don't think he was actually trying to shoot. But if the ball had gone in, he would have gotten a goal for it. <laughs> you know, like, it's not like it would have gone somewhere count. else. Yeah, so that's my little thing, bitching thing about it. But I agree that Enjoy is a solid play this week. And I feel so bad for Danny Ings and whoever buys him because I don't know what's wrong with the guy. He's a he's a shell of his former self. Totally. The whole I mean, not that they were ever that good, but yeah, it's they were working some magic earlier this season. They were basically Leicester. They were going into games and scoring multiple goals, and then all of a sudden it just totally dried up. Yeah, just as Man City, how much fun it is to play Burnley. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, but uh, we'll go on to the worst game possibly of all time. Newcastle <laughs> at home against West Brom. And we talk, We started talking about it. Newcastle are in trouble, and now they are really in trouble. They are going to be without half their back four again because they both – Daryl Yanma and Williamson got suspended. Williamson for two of the final three games. And John Carver, did you listen to that press conference? I cannot believe he still has a job. They, they, they have – so my sources, which is Twitter – have said that they have made a full court press for Steve McLaren from Derby. Steve McLaren from Derby doesn't want to go to Newcastle Didn't right turned now. It down. He turned the job down. He turned it down for now because he doesn't know if they'll be in the Premier League next season and he doesn't want to coach in the championship again. That is how low Newcastle have gotten. Yeah. But we've, we've discussed this previously that they're, they're a big club. Yes, they they sell out a stadium that's close to seventy thousand every week. They're third in the Premier League in attendance this year, which is absolutely astonishing for how horrible they are. It's more than Chelsea because Chelsea have a stadium that's half their size, Um, and the fans, you know, supporters keep going. They're the true supporters. They actually support this club and keep going, and it's astonishing because they 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 go they go to voice their opinion. That's yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Jurgen Klopp is obviously the solution. Um, the, the Newcastle Chronicle was writing about how yeah, of he's course. exactly what they need. Hold on, the what Chronicle? The Newcastle Chronicle. That's what I thought. Yep. Okay, because it only could have come from Newcastle. Well, of course, okay. yeah. Um, it was so absurd what I was reading that I almost was like, I was waiting for the next one to be like, this is why Carlo Ancelotti is going to come to Newcastle <laughs> next year. I... I you could name a thousand jobs in the world better than that one for Jurgen Klopp. Yep. But Sir Alex Ferguson comes out of retirement to coach Newcastle. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so I had mentioned this to somebody previously that it, I mean it might have even been you of the uh, from a watchability standpoint, what teams do you want to see relegated? And this was absolutely the first name. Like nobody wants to see them stay up. Well, I disagree. Not because historic. You want the history to stay. I th- that club deserve th- those fans deserve their day in the Premier League. They really do. They're going to they get it on day thirty fans. on week thirty eight when they avoid relegation, if they avoid relegation. It, they need at least four points for me. In the oh last yeah, games. absolutely. At least, at least, and I don't know if they'll get one. This team, and, and what's funny I've is we're never s- see, I, I, I remember I said this when Cisse, the game after Cisse was uh, was suspended. I believe Mohamed Diame, no, not, not uh, Mohamed Sissoko, got Musa Sissoko. Sorry, I, I keep getting more confused. Musa Sissoko got a red card. He didn't even turn back to the ref mm-hmm. to see what the card was. He just started walking off the pitch, and his teammates just let him go. He was captain that day. And was captain. He just flung his armband back. Was like, yep. "Screw it, I'm out. Yep. See you." And John Carver did not say that he felt like he uh, that that Sissoko meant it and all that stuff. It's just this team quit for a long time ago. Yeah. What's <clears throat> What's funny is that we're talking about how they they may not get a point in the last three games. They're playing at home against West Brom, which I feel like we still don't really know anything about West Brom. That we were like, oh yeah, Tony Pulis, the defense. That's this is it, and then they'll lose like three nothing to to Hull, to Hull, oh. and then they blank Manchester United at Old Trafford. Like I, I, 
I don't know what gets them up for certain games or not. But anyway, so they play this weekend against West Brom. They play at QPR, which is essentially a six-point game, as they like to call them. Yep, don't want to play them now either. They're playing pretty well. Yeah, and then they finish the season home against West Ham, who may be the perfect final opponent if you're trying to stay up because they they got nothing to play for. They are they are they are the mid table team. Yeah. So that's where their point comes from. <laughs> the final week in West and if you need four, that's not enough. <laughs> I it's it's just I've never seen anything. I remember I, I think I said this two weeks ago and last week as well. I have never seen a team that's so big quit in a situation where they are playing teams that are significantly worse than them. Yep. They, they have played not only down to their opponents, but underneath their opponents. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like it's like what it's like a reverse bowl man situation. They just want to go back underground. What's and just what's crazy is that we had said earlier this season that I mean, not significantly earlier in the season, but like they when they began to struggle, we were like, well, they've they have gotten to a point and you know they've gotten enough points early in the season where they won't have to deal with this and and they got worse they haven't had a point since february yeah not one not a single point not a single point zero not like yeah they can't even get a a nil nil draw anywhere it was probably then that we were like you know what they're playing they're not playing well but well they're gonna stay up and everybody below them well almost everybody below (laughs) is getting points and they're not it's uh, I, and like I said, like this team has quit. Yeah, and uh, and Simple the as fact that, that it, I mean John Carver's been with Newcastle for a very long time. Yeah, he knows that club. He knows those fans, and his his press conference was that of a Newcastle fan to me. If a Newcastle fan was saying that it was was voicing their opinion with the club, it, they would have sounded exactly like John Carver. Yeah, the um <clears throat> the NBC guys were talking about it after the game. It was uh, Musto and Martino, I think. And that's exactly what they said. They said, this is language that you hear from fans. And you just would never hear this from a, from a manager who then has to face these players. It was mostly the Williamson stuff, which, like, how do you, how do you play for that guy again? Uh, who says he has to? I, I think John Carver knows what the writing is on well, the wall. Well, I guess wall. he doesn't have to. He's got two games off right now. But <laughs> He's got two of the three games off, yeah. and he's not going to play the final game. I guarantee you that. Yeah. We, we've seen the last of, uh, of Williamson this season. Yeah. It, there goes my fantasy team. Exactly. And we, we, they, have, they have been without their back four for, I think, six weeks. Yeah. And then last week they lose half of it. They lose half of it. We're not. We're not even getting. We we kind of buried the lead that Daryl Yonmont, their only fantasy option that's been any sort of viable, is gone. Yeah. Well, he'd been playing more center back recently, so I'm not sure he was even that viable anymore. But if you're Papi Cisse, do you just not come back? So in so yes, obviously, if you had if you were being really selfish, but. Poppy Cisse has a built-in excuse for this one because he had knee he had a knee he had his knee cleaned up during his suspension. So he hasn't been training. And someone who's had seven weeks of no training plus like a minor surgery in there, like a cleanup of uh, so I think it was cartilage damage or anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, that's a built-in excuse for not returning immediately. I think he just started training yesterday. Yeah. So it, that'd be a tough ask for anybody after seven weeks off to train for a few days and then go on the pitch fully match fit. They he need might a, be a nice super sub. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, Which he I, was I earlier he has, this year, wasn't he? Yeah. I think he has the opportunity to play 20 minutes. Yeah. And is that enough for him to score? Not against West Brom. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't get that team. I just don't. I feel like it's, I feel like I guess wrong every week. Yeah, before the podcast, I said this is going to be more of a home game for West Brom. Yeah, could be because the Newcastle fans are just going to boo them. Yeah, and good riddance. They, they, they. I mean, they these Newcastle players deserve all the abuse. Yeah, because they have just. I think it was Craig Burley on ESPN was saying, you know, before you know, football player is the word professional. 
this team are not playing like professionals. Yeah. Yep. And it's 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 to the point where they they really might get relegated. And and the only thing that's saving John Carver from at 100% total humiliation is Sunderland. Cuz Sunderland technically are below Newcastle in the standings. Yeah. That is it. Although they lost to Sunderland, didn't they? Yes, but in the grand scheme of things they finish on top of Sunderland. I think that's okay, that helps, yeah. but not if they both get relegated. Yeah. Well, yeah. That it will not matter at that point, and then it's a it's it would be a pretty bad it would be a pretty bad devastation to the region of of the northeast of the uh, the northeast of England. And frankly, the way they play, I'm not sure they come back next year. Meaning, meaning if or the year after, I'm not sure these teams could blow through the championship and get back quickly. You know, Jermaine Defoe I, is gone from Sunderland. I would imagine that Newcastle would. I would imagine Newcastle would. They have a distinct advantage. They have more money. But but, but you ultimately need the the players who can take that money to want to play there. Like, you can't make a big money signing and play in the championship. You just won't do it. Remember when Newcastle finished fifth? <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. All right, but let's get to the last game of the 10 o'clock slate. It, anything, so uh, I'll just, I'll ask the question. Boaz Myhill, West Brom defense, only fantasy options here. Would you go Sato Barahino or Brownie Day? No. Uh, I would consider Barahino if the price was right. I definitely would, actually. I take that back. I'm now wondering why I didn't rank Barahino. Well, you can keep wondering while I stumble over some Aston Villa and West Ham notes to get through. So, uh, Aston Villa, of course, Christian Benteke, he's the man of the of the final part of the season. And we, you talked about him earlier in the podcast, and we've talked about him a bunch off the pod. Uh, I think that the concept behind his recovery can be used for a player we're going to talk about very soon when we get to Crystal Palace and Man United with Falcao. But you know, the, his injury was very serious and it needed time to heal. And I think now he's starting to get the strength and the confidence back you know, in his feet, literally his feet in his, in his Achilles. So he's now pushing off with confidence and, and laterally just not as much. But he's, being, he's being that bull that he used to be. Someone that West Ham could certainly use because they have no one right now of consistent offensive stature. I mean, Enter Valencia on his own up there looks a little bit lost at times. Yep, looks overmatched. And, I mean, Villa at home, I, I said last week they were safe, even though numbers said that they weren't safe. And I still stick by it. I still think that Aston Villa, for all intents and purposes, all intents and purposes are safe. They're level on points with Newcastle. And yeah. So, and they're one point ahead of Leicester and one point ahead of Hull. And those are the team those are the the safe teams i think i think this weekend is when they clinch they solidify it they get to 38 points they're they're good and i think they beat i think they beat west ham easily this week i think they've shown that they can score that the way they're going to win is by outscoring teams and west ham can't score should yeah. be noted that brad guzan was dropped last week and it doesn't sound like he's getting his job back. Should also be noted that Big Sam Allardyce is probably going to be out, and Big David Moyes is likely to be installed. Really, you think Moyes, huh? I I've read that it's almost a done deal. Wow, I have not read that. I feel like you're just replacing one guy with the same guy. Personalities aside, I think they play basically this. They want to play the same way, and I don't know if that. I wouldn't be happy with basically replacing one, the same so tactical decision. You're, say, you're saying that Sam Allardyce is as good as the guy that Manchester United thought could replace, uh, not replace, succeed Sir Alex Ferguson. I'm not sure. This is, this is what you're saying. I'm not sure Manchester United believe that. I believe in the scouting Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson believe that. You're saying that in the scouting department of managers that – I'm saying tactically, I don't believe that play, they play a different style. So you're signing up for the same style of football that's not working right now. That he basically wants to just play this defensive, you know, 
possession game that doesn't. No, that's not what Moyes does. He's not a possession. Guy. Well, he's. You're right. You're right. It's not possession. It's just a a very. It's root. It's it's a little more root one than anything else. Yes. But I'm sure he's picked. I think his time in Spain will help him a lot. Uh, we'll see. Him Moyes' time. Moyes, yeah. Yeah, Allardyce probably not going to Spain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so does Allardyce take the... I'm, I'm trying to imagine Sam Allardyce speaking Spanish. <laughs> it's just... It'll just, come ridiculous out as, as Moyes. it'll just come out as cerveza and pies. Yeah. That's pretty much all I can... I think that's all he knows. Maybe he takes the relegated Newcastle job. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know where the where any offense comes from for West Ham. Unless it's a Aaron Cresswell free kick. Or Stuart Downing doing something. I'm not sure Stuart Downing has done anything in 2015. So, yeah, Who the hell is Stuart Downing anyway? Yeah, exactly. What have you done for me lately? Not even lately. Yeah. It's been months. Yeah. It, it, I just I, – I, I miss Stuart Downing. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I miss the old days when he would get a goal and or an assist every yeah. week. To Andy Remember Carroll. When, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, he misses Andy Carroll. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, for this game, it's all Aston Villa. It's all Christian Benteke. I, we both rank Fabian Delph. Uh, I mean, he's a good. He, I think he's better in real life than in fantasy. I kind of so, agree with that. Yeah, I think he's. I, he would be great in Arsenal, by the way. Mm. But put him alongside Coakland, you'll be fine. Anyway, uh, Aston Villa. Any other options here that you see from them? I, I'm just hesitant to. So. Despite saying that I just don't see where West Ham scores, I'm just not confident enough in Shea Given or any of the defenders to really make that jump. So looking at any sort of value goalkeeper, I'm I'm looking elsewhere. All right. And the last game of the Saturday slate is the twelve thirty game. It is Crystal Palace at home against Manchester United. So Falcao won't play, but I think similarly, or he may, he won't feature very prominently. But Falcao, to me, is going to be the next version of Christian Benteke, that when he gets to the time that he needs for healing, he's going to be great. I agree. I think I said this before. I'm but... just not sure it's for them. Yeah, and Crystal Palace last week, they lined up against Chelsea with none other than Yannick Velassi as a false nine. Yeah. Does that continue, you think, or is that just against Chelsea because they were going to try to pack it in? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. Strangely, both of these teams were just high flying for a while, and they've combined for zero goals over the last three game weeks. Zero from these two teams. Over under zero point five goals. I'm going to say it's over because I, I, of course. I, I think these they they can't defend for the life of them. Like I feel like each of them will fall into them, but. Do you think Man United are going to use Luke Shaw with some regularity? Well, he missed out with a hamstring injury last week. So, yeah. Um, I I don't, actually. I'm not sure. Because that would be an option I would like to use in fantasy's realm because yeah. I think he has value. But he doesn't, he doesn't cross nearly as much as we think he should. And they don't get enough clean sheets. So I'm just not sure. Not that he's not the player that they thought they bought, but... Just the way that Louis Van Hall wants to play, he likes Valencia and Young on the wings, and that kind of pushes Shaw further away from goal, which kind of take which takes away the the fantasy expectation that we had at the beginning of the season. All right, would you rather have Yannick Velassi and Glenn Murray or Wayne Rooney and let's say Ander Herrera? <laughs> I would take Rooney. I think Rooney has the the best upside in this game. So you would take Rooney even though he's paired with Ander Herrera? Yeah, I would. I think Rooney outscores Belassi and Murray. Is that what it was? Belassi and Murray? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to take the other side. Okay, that's fine. I, I, I'm, I'm jumping back on the Crystal Palace yeah. train, uh, especially at home. I, I think that crowd's great, by the way. Sure. And I can't wait to hear them in full force on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. But it's... Oh, yeah, I still think I would. I still think I would take Velocity and Murray because I think I'd get two more consistent sources of points. More now, consistent said, than Rooney? And Herrera, yeah. Okay. But I mean, no, it, frankly, none of them are consistent at this point for yeah, the last three weeks. If I, I mean, if I had said Juan Mata and Wayne Rooney, I think that would 
I think I'd have to go back over to that to the United side. Or Fellaini. So let's talk about United for a second. Did you uh, watch them last weekend? I did not get a chance to watch it in full yet. Only the highlights. So they they moved Rooney back to the midfield. Yeah, that that I heard. And they moved RVP back there. That Good. Fellaini was basically playing in front of both of them. Yep. Which is not something I think anybody ever considered. Not even David Moyes. Right. So that can't possibly happen again, is my thought. That it was such that... I, unless he uh, Van Hall is giving Tony Pulis so much credit for shutting them down that he thinks that can actually work, but Louis Van Hall, Louis Van Hall's main inspiration for his managing style is kids say the darndest things. <laughs> it's just Louis Van Hall manages the darndest things. It's pretty much I don't understand his tinkering style. I don't understand his hairstyle. I don't understand his talking style, his huffy way of speaking. I don't understand what's going on in any part of Louis Van Hall. Yeah. The, um, one of the things that uh, Nick Pittner and I were chatting about in our Clean Sheets article was if I had told you at the beginning of the season that with three games to go, United was fourth in the table, which seems to be a, a comfortable fourth. Um, Di Maria is second in the Premier League with in assists, and he only has one fewer goal than he had last season with Real Madrid. You would think that he was a blazing success, right? That like you would probably give a lot of credit to him, and yet he's a flop and probably gone in the summer. <laughs> like that's how weird this team is. I'm trying to think of the production of the t- of the of the assists. Like, weren't they all in a bunch? Like, yeah, they were all very bunch? early. They yeah, were all like very one... very early. Yeah, and then like a like a hot rookie hitter in Major League Baseball, you know, the pitchers get a book on them and they kind of adjust. But what's strange? It's almost like Van Hall got the book and benched him. <laughs> Nobody figured him out. He's still Van Hall figured him out and benched him. That's what it was. Uh, it's like he finally saw him up close and was like, this is not the guy I thought I bought. And so I'm going to play Ander Herrera instead. Louis Van Hall does the darndest things. Yeah, I, I just... The other thing is that RVP has been removed from penalty-taking duties. And it's it's unclear who is next. Because... So Van Hall basically said that it was Rooney's job and he missed. So it went to Van Persie. And now Van Persie missed. And so whoever it is is next... And he basically made it sound like it was a rotation in terms of now that Van Persie has missed, he's dead last on the list. And so I don't know who's next. If you had to guess, who do you think it would be? Ugh, pass. Daily Blood. Oh, that's an interesting <laughs> choice. I was going to go with Mata. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I honestly have. Actually, you know who I think would be a, a good a good guess to, ste- to step up? Ashley Young. Ash- Ashley Young. Yeah. Yep. That that would be that would act that would be my real guess. Who's actually getting a new contract? As he should. He's played very well. Yeah. Uh, I think. I, I hope next year he gets credit for defensive capabilities, defender capability, mm. or position wise. That would be nice. If so, he'd be he'd be definitely someone we'd be talking about a lot. But let's go to the other side of Manchester, the blue side of Manchester. They are at home against the super hoops of QPR, the Queens Park Rangers. Ugh. Can't speak today. 8.30 in the morning, Sunday, May 10th. Manchester City, they, uh, I mean, they're just chugging along right now. I mean, there's really not too much for them to play for except to finish above Arsenal. But in reality, do you think that really matters? No. Those two, the two three spots are, are exactly the same. Four is obviously what you don't want. Both teams are five points clear of, of United. Arsenal's got a game in hand, which is against Sunderland. And City have a sizable uh, goal differential advantage, if I'm not mistaken. Over United, yeah. Over every... Oh, yeah. No, Arsenal, they're only two up on Arsenal. Yeah, not over there. That's right. That's right. So, you know, that's close, but not that close. But I agree that there's not much there for City to they do. They won't get... Yeah, they won't... If they, if they get a point, they're safe. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're. They need one. I think their magic number to not finish fourth is one. Oh, is that right? Well, maybe. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Three, yep. Yeah, yep. three games to go. Yep. They just need so, one. yeah, they need one. I I mean, I, I think we would be a bit surprised if QPR won this game. Mostly because they're probably going to have to score at least two, if not three times. And, and, and keep Aguero up. Well, I think they could win 3-2, right? I mean, that's basically how they have to win. I'm just not sure QPR can do that. But I do think Aguero can score two or three yeah. times. So Manchester City kind of stole that game against Tottenham last week. Yep. Yeah. Uh, That's why they're second and Tottenham is sixth. Yeah. I think you're going to see what QPR did to Chelsea. I think you're going to see a repeat. They're going to try really hard to just, you know, be smart going forward and just make sure that Kun Aguero just doesn't get behind them. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, play some long balls up. And I think they're going to play two in front, you know, do the whole long ball to Bobby Zamora and Charlie Austin and just hope they can hold it up for each other. And I think Zamora's out, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. Little Nico Cranchar, maybe. Or no, just, it's, uh, excuse me, Leroy Fair. Yeah, That's well, Leroy, Leroy, Fair, Leroy Fair scored last Sure game, did. So. Sure did. He actually, he plays very well. Um It'll look great on, in another team with, next year. Yeah. He's going to go from one. He basically went from one relegated team in Norwich yep. to another relegated team in QPR. Yep. Uh, just, I just hope that if he goes to another club, that it's not a club that's even remotely thinking of relegation next season. That's all. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. But for the Manchester City side, what Everybody. are your thoughts on David Silva? Do you, you like him? Yeah, I do. Yep, I, I you think ranked, you ranked him second. Yeah, I did. I think he's still the center of that. Yaya Torre is probably missing out again. So, I, uh, yeah, particularly in this matchup. I mean, he runs everything for this team. So whether you know it, it doesn't always equal uh, fantasy points, but against QPR, I think it will. Which is why I ranked him so high. I think Chris ranked him first. Yep. Yeah, he yep. did. He did. He did. And then uh, Kolarov, we also ranked first for defenders. He's just great. Yeah. He's the, he's the ideal DraftKings defender. Yep. Because we, we say how much we love Trippier because of the crosses, but Kolarov sends in the crosses and takes a ton of shots. And takes the set piece. Yep. I was just but the, left, the left-footed left Yeah. Piece. Yeah. It's perfect. Yep. Not he's a great defender, set. but what are you going to do? <laughs> you don't need him to be. Yeah. Uh, but we will go on to the champions. My congratulations, Chelsea, by the way. I did so much to help. All I, 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 I'm just disappointed with the lack of the vertical hand jive jumping <laughs> celebration dance. Sorry, like they didn't even care at all. Yep. But uh, Chelsea at home, the honor guard will be out. Liverpool's Steven Gerrard, who's never won the Premier League, will be in that honor guard just in time for him to leave the Premier League once and for all. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's a cruel kick in the pants, but I'm gonna be pretty happy to see it. I'm not gonna lie. Of course, <laughs> but uh, with, with that aside, though, what are Chelsea gonna do now for the rest of the season? Like, who who do you think is going to play and who isn't? Because we've already found out that Diego Costa now will likely not play again this season. Yep. I th- Oscar still. I mean, he probably still has some concussion synd- uh, symptoms. You got to think that they'll hold him out. You would, I, I hate to put it this way. I hope they keep holding him out because, goodness. Yeah, he got he got he got rammed in the face. Yep. By another man's cranium. Yep. Must have hurt. Yep. A lot. <laughs> and it's, I mean, I I mean, I selfishly hope that we are preparing for next year now. Yeah. And with that in mind, I like to see some young players that I keep hearing so much about. Yeah, I don't. I we were discussing this earlier, but I don't think we're going to see any tomorrow or Sunday, excuse me. I think there's every reason for everybody to celebrate the, the title with the players that earned it. But that being said, after that, yeah, there's no reason to play any of them. I think we'll see. I wonder if we'll, if Courtois will play anymore uh, to give uh, Peter check kind of, not that he needs an audition, but you know, give him a few more highlight well, potentials, sh- but yeah, I mean, Chel- I mean, he should play. I mean, he may play this one, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I mean, 
I guess I, I feel like this could be Courtois' last. I maybe I just have a different opinion, but I feel I like think, they should. Yeah, I think that he's. I think that Czech will certainly play uh, in the last the last game of the season. Chelsea at home against Sunderland, the yep. last game of the season. Yep, I think that's a great call. He'll get the send off that yep. he uh, he actually may even. I think Josie Mourinho will keep a sub. For the last part, for the last minute of the game, so he can even walk off. What's, what's funny is I was about to say that about this game, and not not about check, but I feel like this is the opportunity where he can do that for Hazard and Terry and I don't know who else he would do it for, but that's why I think we'll see some regulars, maybe Fabregas, I don't know, but so that they can get kind of a send off that way. That's what, yeah, and I was saying this before the podcast, but that's what the honor guard's for. They all get to walk through and get the big celebration. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, I guess. We'll see. Who knows? But on the Liverpool side, we, we discussed this many times, that you don't believe anyone in Chelsea is a good option. With now Chelsea have nothing to play for. Uh, Sterling. I didn't say. Coutinho. I didn't say. uh they didn't have anything. I, I mean, I ranked Hazard first, so. No, no, no. I'm talking about on the Liverpool side. Oh, yeah. You said, you've said, we, we both said previously that it's very hard to trust anyone going into Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I ranked so I ranked Sterling and didn't didn't really want to. I'll put it that way. In fact, I I feel like we're all just getting played by Liverpool or Sterling that we keep falling into thinking that he's better than he is and that maybe – there is a reason why Coutinho was given that PFA nomination, or maybe we should be playing Jordan Henderson instead. But Sterling just has not delivered anything close to what we expect him expect of him. And for you know, with this new contract that he's looking for, he's not delivering on that either. He can't even score from three yards away with no goalie. Yeah, yeah. I'll note that Sturridge had hip surgery today in the States. And so he obviously, not that he was really expected to come back, but he's definitely not coming back now. That's this for sure. season at least. That's for sure. But yeah. I, I there certainly no defensive so, options. And so no, you, so you think that Chelsea are going to play most of their starters. So you really don't trust any of the Liverpool options this week. No, I, no. I mean, Sterling was the only one I ranked. You're not going to Ricky Lambert got to start last week, but I don't of, know. of any of the options, I do think the offensive options for Liverpool will be, Tr- more trustworthy than normal because Chelsea just they're, they're, the switch won't be as on as it always is. It just won't. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And I think that they'll be. I think that you may even see them try to play some attacking football. Liverpool. No. Oh, Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. You may even see it for the first time since the beginning of the year. Or and or with that with that in mind, I mean, whoever plays up front for Liverpool, I think that's a sneaky play. I think it's a sneaky play, depending on who it is. Yeah. If it's Ricky Lambert, especially, I think it's a very sneaky play. Lambert was a decent play in uh, DraftKings last week. Yeah, he was very involved. Yeah. And I think if they start him again, I think I would consider starting him. Yeah, wonder if he retires. We'll get to that in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, and I'm sure it'll be the at the tip of all of our tongues in a few weeks, <laughs> what the future of Ricky Lambert is. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> All right, Monday, May 11th, Arsenal at home against Swansea City. Back-to-back Monday games for Arsenal. Yeah. They are the kings of Monday night football yeah. when it's completely pointless. Yeah, uh, Arsenal are at home against Swansea. Uh, I mean, what else is there to say besides to start all the Arsenal offensive options? Lexi Sanchez, good lord. Yeah, he's, the guy's been amazing, I think. Why wasn't he getting more PFA votes? Yeah, well... Um... Back to those the one twenty sports guys. They they or at least one of them I think they it ranked was, them uh, first. Rick Strom, yeah, said it was definitely Sanchez and man, he uh somebody had tweeted me and uh, Alex Spalding, who writes our DraftKings uh, Premier League article every week about whether we liked Giroud or Sanchez this week uh, against Hull. And uh I said I liked Sanchez just because he just does more. Like I feel like Giroud um, kind of gets stuck sometimes that he needs service to score. You don't hear about Arsenal looking for a new right winger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You look, you hear about them needing a new striker, though. W- well, what's funny is that you hear about them needing one, but you never hear about them wanting one. 
I think they want Lacazette. I do too, but well, well I don't know we, if they really do. I think we can, I want we them can to. Get, we, can, we can get to it, and I think they want Cavani too at the right price. Well, I think anybody would want Cavani at the right price. But, but yeah, so I think they absolutely win this one, and I think any attacking player is excellent. And I, I'm curious why Aaron Ramsey continues to be so cheap in DraftKings. It doesn't, Not, it doesn't make any sense to me. He's played much better recently. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. In in fact, on Monday, it was kind of funny because he got tackled pretty hard and was limping around, came off the pitch actually for a little bit to get checked on. He came back on the field and was really hobbling. And so I tweeted that he was going to come out in the next two minutes. That He was just going to run around and realize he couldn't go and that would be it. And he promptly scored three minutes later and then picked up an assist later on and was just dominant. So glad to see he's at least healthy from there. But the tweets were just like flowing in like, oh, Ramsey hurt again. There's his leg. There it goes. So he's gone from being made of glass to being made of plexiglass. Plexiglass, yeah. Yeah. He's the plexiglass star of the world. All right. Swansea side, no one. I mean, Guilfi Sigurdsson, maybe. Yeah. I, I doubt it. I mean, it's that's just... how I felt. I, I ranked him way too high. I kind of went through my list and I put him in there because of who he is and regretted the moment I hit. I ranked him. I, I ranked him higher than anybody else. Yeah. I mean, Chris, I, I don't think him. ranked him at all, which I wish I think I would have gone that route if I had done them again. Eh. Especially in front of my boy, John Joe Shelby. I also think that there's, I mean, Arsenal, though, there's nothing to play for either. I mean, I, I, that's the only reason why. I mean, Guilty Sigurdsson, to me, if there's going to be offense on Swansea, it's going to be him. I, I think finishing second is a priority for Arsenal. Why? They I already think, have the fourth place trophy I, named after themselves. I, I think it's more important for them to finish second than Man City. Meaning, like, I don't think Man City cares, but I think Arsenal actually does care. I think yes. Wenger needs to prove that, that they're improving. And one from four to three is not nearly as big of a jump as four to two. And an FA Cup. Yeah, maybe for back-to-back FA Cups if they win it, which doesn't happen a lot. Clearly. And with that, we will get to, we will get to our daily dose. We have our weekly fantasy lineups. We have DraftKings this week, and we are not including the early game. So all of you fans of the oh, Everton game, and oh, you did you did I you did do the early the, game? That's fine. You can give your early game. I won't. I'll just pretend that I just didn't pick anybody. So you yet. love the early game. That's why I did it. I do love the early game, just not this week. All right. So take it away with your defenders and your goalkeepers. I went with Boaz Myhill at 3900 which is so absurdly cheap when... Considering the opponent. Tim Kroll, the opponent, is 4700 800 bucks more. I mean, that's outrageous to me. And Shea Given is 700 more. So anyway, went with my hill. Uh, I spent 6000 on Trippier, which I think is the first time he's hit 6000 this season. Doesn't matter. Worth it. Yep. And then I paid 5900 for early game only Leighton Baines. Yep. So I I, top two defenders. That's what I did last week. Worked out yeah. very well, actually. I actually finished fifth. Uh, not fifth. Um, I finished 20th of one of the games that has like over 1,000 people. Nice. So I, I felt pretty happy about myself. Anyway, uh, Boaz My Hill is my goalkeeper. Kieran Trippier is my defender number one. And Wes Morgan at 3,800 <laughs> is defender number two. <laughs> Leicester at home against. No wonder South. you knew his stats so right off the bat. Oh, I was ready for Wes Morgan <laughs> to be mentioned in the podcast. That is for sure. And in the midfield, I'm going with Yannick Velassi at six flat and with Mark Albrighton at 4,300. Both middle-of-the-road guys uh, in terms of pricing, except for Albrighton, a little lower than I thought he would be. So I'm pretty happy about that. And then Velassi at 6,000, right where you'd think he'd be. I actually went with Albrighton as well at 4,300. That's too cheap of a price. And I had originally had Belassi in there, but decided to exchange him for Jason Punchin, who I think is not the same, but at 4,700, I I thought Punchin plus whoever I could get was a little more valuable than than uh, Belassi and somebody lower on the forward line. Yeah. Belassi is actually my last addition, so I, I it was just it just worked out that way that I could afford him. 
and I still have four hundred dollars left, so I may be I, I may be doing some movement and some shaking still. There we go. But uh, I will go with my forward and my flex. I have Harry Kane, who I wow. just can't see not scoring. I have Wayne Rooney at ninety nine hundred, who I also can't see not scoring, and then Mama Joof of the Stoke, because Tottenham can't keep anybody out. And if anyone's going to score on Stoke, it's Mama Joof. <laughs> there you go. I went with at fifty four hundred for Mama Joof. That's pretty good. I went with Robin Van Persie at ninety one, only because I didn't have enough money for Rooney at ninety nine. But I think either one of them could score, and I'm just going to hope it's Van Persie. And then. I spent 9000 on Christian Benteke, who has been such a great value play over the last few weeks in the seventy-five dollars to $7,800 range, I think is what it was. But he skyrocketed to 9000 Let me see. He was, yeah, seventy four and 7900 the last two weeks. But I think he's still worth it at 9000 for how well he's playing and the fact that they're playing against West, or, uh, yeah, West Ham. And then... I went back and forth with this last pick. I had um, $6,600 Sadio Mane in there for a little bit. I considered the $7,000 uh, Saido Barahino. I was 100 bucks short on Dame and Joy, so I spent 7000 on Jamie Vardy. And I'm not still bad. not sure how I feel about that. It's not bad. I wouldn't feel bad about it, that's for sure. Yeah. We'll see. But. Yeah, and I'm excited to try to defend my second my, my good showing. And I actually won a couple of I actually won a lot of heads up games last week. I was really happy about that. And uh, this week, I'm hoping to follow up that with some more awesome lineup suggestions that you guys can steal for your success. Just don't use them against me because I'll be really upset. <laughs> so I don't want to draw. I don't want to have a tie with anybody. So please use them against others. Don't use them against me. No friendly fire, please. And on that note, we will end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast this week from Memphis for me. I'm having a great time here with you guys, and we're winding down to the end of the season. Can't wait to talk some shenanigans in a few weeks with you, Andrew. Yes, sir. All right, talk to you then. For more great content, go to rotowire.com slash soccer. It's all free, and it's all for you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.